Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Hey, good morning, good morning. Great to see you guys in the room, online, wherever you guys are at. Welcome to Life West. Uh, If I haven't had the chance to meet you, man, I would absolutely love to. My name is Samuel, and it is Becca and I's absolute honor to get to serve you guys here at Life West. Uh, Turn to the person next to you real quick, if you would, please, and say, you're looking skinny. Okay, turn, turn, turn to the next person, the one that you didn't turn to that time, turn to the other one and say, you're looking holy. Okay, okay, hopefully you didn't just lie in church, but either way, let's just, uh, here we go. I, I hope you've been enjoying the fasting, um, and not so much the fasting, I don't know how much I actually enjoy that part. But I do enjoy just that time of, okay, we get to dedicate some time and, and, and really just put it towards God and seeking after God. Because it's so true. It's so true that when we seek, we find. When we knock, he opens up that door. And if this is maybe your first week, we started last week. If you haven't been here before, what I'm talking about is we started last week and we said we're going to take 21 days right here at the beginning of the year and we're going to seek after God in prayer and fasting. And we call it seek Literally, because Matthew 6, says, but seek first the kingdom of God. And it doesn't say find, it's seeking. Seeking is something you don't stop doing. Finding stops because you, you, you reach a point, because you found it. But seeking after God is an ongoing thing. And so we've been doing that. And if you're like, hey, just got here, you can jump in with us. Absolutely, you can start your 21 days today if you want, or you can say, where are you guys at? Well, we're seven days in, and you could start and say, well, I'm just going to finish this off together. Absolutely, maybe jump on last week, the week before, go to the website, get those podcasts, hear some of those messages. Um, There is a guide. If you haven't utilized this, man, if you go to the website, lifewest.church, we've got a seek prayer guide, help you have some things to kind of like, what can I do or what should I do? Give you some ideas for some things to be praying about. But I'm real excited this morning to get talking, and we're going to talk a bit about prayer. Now, now typically, when, when someone says we're going to talk about prayer, it's, you don't get many hoots and hollers, okay? You, you, you just don't. Um, in, in, in most situations and churches, if you don't want to have somebody come to something, just say, we're going to have a prayer meeting, and they won't show up. Like, like people stay away in droves. They're like, okay. That's, that's almost all you have to do because so many, there's so many misconceptions when it comes to prayer. And so what I want to do is spend a bit of time talking about prayer and what prayer is. Um, and, and right off the bat, let me, let, me, let me just say, I'm not one of those guys that um, just, just, just absolutely loves to pray. What I mean is, I don't like, when I go to pray, I pray and then I'm like, oh, oops, six hours just went by. Where where'd the time go? Um, that's, that's not me. Uh, my, my mom, she would, she'd do that all the time growing up. And she's like, I'm late. She's like, I just, I just get distracted praying, and God's so good, and oh my goodness, and I didn't realize I'd prayed for, and I'm like, I've, I've never had that. That's, that, that's not 
that, that wasn't me. Um, but I see in Scripture just how powerful prayer is. And what I want to do is kind of just give you some keys to prayer. Anybody ever lose their keys before? Raise your hand if you've ever lost your car keys. Okay, anybody ever lose their house key? Okay, who actually doesn't lock their house anyway so it doesn't matter? Oh, good to know. Okay, okay. But you lose your keys. If you lose your keys, it doesn't matter what kind of a car you drive, that thing's just going to sit there. Like a redneck lawn ornament, it's just going to sit there. It ain't going anywhere without those keys. So what I want to give you today are really just some practical keys to prayer to help prayer to be fun, powerful, and effective. And yes, I said fun. I think it is meant to be, and it can be fun. So what we're doing is we're seeking after God with fasting and prayer. So I want to help you with some of this. James 5.16 says this about prayer. It says that the prayers of the righteous man are powerful and effective. So first off, I just want to start right there with that. And it says, a righteous person, which you're righteous because of what God did for you, not because of what you did or didn't do. Your righteousness is found in him. It's not your own. The prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. So understand this. There's not a special prayer hoop you have to jump through in order to get a a powerful and effective prayer. It says, the prayers of a righteous person are both powerful and effective. Now, there's some keys, but you don't have, there's there's not a like a, a formula that you just have to follow. There's some biblical doctrine and some promises that you need to understand so you can stand on them. But it starts off and just right away lets us know that our prayers, when we pray, you don't have to have the most eloquent words. Anybody ever hear a prayer, you know, like a prayer group or a circle? Heaven forbid you're in one of those circles where you're holding hands and you squeeze to let the next one know and you're taking turns. And and they're going around praying and everybody prays all these nice things. I've been in so many of those. And they pray and it makes all so much sense and they know scripture and they know this. And they pray and then there's that person that prays in King James. Anybody know a King James prayer? I don't know, but it's just like, okay. Um, Bible school that I went to uh, taught in King James. All, all, of, my, all of my instructors uh, taught in King James, um, and they're like, hey, we want you to use the King James Bible. And so I, I was just in it like, like absolute crazy. And I remember one time I was, I was in a restaurant, and, and for some reason I began to actually think in King James. And I caught myself, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness, I'm like, I can't, I can't preach in this. I love the King James Bible. Um, I, I absolutely love it, especially for study. But for most people to preach from it or read, it's a little bit harder. It's a great, great study reference. But you have that person and they come around, and then it's your turn to pray and, and you go to pray and you're like, um, God, you're good, I love you, help me. Know this, the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. And sometimes that's all you need to say, and God's like, I'll meet you right where you are. So I want to give you some keys to prayer, but I also don't want to put prayer on some pedestal or or turn it into a formula that you have to follow, because if you don't, well, that's why God doesn't hear you and he isn't listening, or that's why it didn't happen. No, the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. But God's word is given to us as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. 
it shows us the way that we're supposed to live, and there's some keys that are found in here when it comes to prayer. So let's look at what some of those are, and maybe we can take and make our prayers more fun, powerful, and effective. So number one, we're going to Matthew 6, 6. Just two sixes, but here we go. And it says this, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray in, to your Father in private. Um, if, if, if you're having trouble with prayer, especially during this fasting time where we're setting some extra time aside, let me encourage you to have just a place. Have a place that you can go and that you can pray. You're like, you know what? I'm going to go off and I'm going to go by myself and pray. Jesus did this a lot. Luke 5.16 says this, but Jesus often withdrew, and his favorite place happens to be mine, to the wilderness for prayer. He's like, I'm going into the woods. He's like, I'm going into the mountains over and over. If you look this up, you're going to see, and he went into the mountains to pray, and he went into the mountains to pray, and he went into the mountains, and he took James and John, and he went in the mountains to pray. Have a place. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be an elaborate place. It could be whatever you want it to be. Um, I was visiting my grandma years ago, and at the, at the time, she was living with my aunt and uncle. So she had just, just one room of their house is where she was living. And so I go up to see her. I'm like, hey, Grandma. And, and, and I just happened to be in the area. I was in Oklahoma, and I was visiting. And she's like, well, come on up. So I go up, up to her room. And her, the room that she was staying in was a little bit, it was smaller than this stage. Oh, yeah, by, by far. Probably, probably about the size of just these, these six sections here. And in there, she, she sews and quilts and makes blankets for all of the cousins. So she's got all these quilts stacked up. And then she's got this really, 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 really small bed. I'm like, Grandma, don't you want a bed? She's like, I don't need one. And I'm like, okay, okay, she's a feisty little thing, really fun. I don't remember which hand it is, but one of her hands doesn't have any, any fingers, and so she always hits me with it, um, and then says, hold it if you can, and then like, boom, and hits me with it. She's, she's an absolute riot. And so she's like, and she's, she's showing me her room, and I, and I look over in the corner, um, not, really, kind of, not so much the corners, in, up against one of the walls, and she's got this room just kind of full of stuff, but over in the corner there's a few... Uh, of these quilts, but they look a little bit older, and they're all on the, on the ground opened up, um, just kind of off to the side. I said, what do you got going on here? I said, what's going on with those, with those blankets? And she goes, oh, that's my prayer spot. She goes, that's, that's my prayer spot. And she is one of those that just absolutely loves praying, and she, she's like, oh, I'm, I'm two days late showing up places. She's like, I just, I just had so much time, so much, so much fun praying. And she's like, but that's, that's my prayer spot. Jesus went into the wilderness. Um, like, if I know I've got a bunch of stuff that I need to do, one of the things for me is I get easily distracted. Anybody else get easily distracted? You're like, you just told me to raise my hand. I am distracted. Like, just that's all it took. Like, I, that's all it took. And for me, going somewhere when I'm like, hey, I've, I'm going to spend some time praying makes a huge, huge difference. It makes a huge difference. Maybe it's even just going for a walk around the neighborhood, um, ar around down the driveway, around the yard, through a park, whatever you, you can do. But it gets me around where I can't pick up other things and be productive doing, that, doing something different. And it's like, okay, God, I'm, I'm going here so I can spend time with you. 
We remove ourselves from some of these distractions. Jesus did this over and over, over and over. If I'm going to pray for a long time, I'm going to find a place. If i got some things where I'm easily just getting distracted, um, closing my eyes sometimes doesn't work because I'll fall asleep. Anybody else? Anybody else is like, if I pray right now for a long I'm just going to fall asleep. It's like, you know what? Better than that is really going to be for me to just go for a walk, and God, I'm going to spend some time with you. Almost like a little date, just, a, just, just some time with God. Just, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to do this. doesn't have to be anything elaborate, but God, I want to have some, some fun. I like that Jesus went to the wilderness. He went to the mountains. He went to a fun place. He didn't like, it has to be a closet with, that's, that's really drabby and nasty. No, he went to the wilderness. It could be a place that you enjoy going to. Another thing that we see, number one is we see he had a place. Number two is make it a priority. Make prayer a priority. We already said it in Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God. Make Prayer is meant to be plan A, not B or C. Start. Start with prayer. Years ago, I remember um, when, I was, when I was a kid, uh, Daniel woke up a little, he's my little brother, and he woke up a little bit late, and he comes down, and, and I'm like, hey, you need to get, I don't remember what the chore was, but I was like, you need to get that done. And he's like, I can't. And I'm like, no, you, you need to get that done. And he looks at me and he goes, I can't, I have to spend time with God first. And I'm like, well, one, you need to spend time with God. And he just, I'm three years older than him. I don't remember how old I was. But ever since I was a little, anyways, I used to punish my sister when we were babysitting when she was naughty. I was like, you need to go read your Bible because you're being naughty. But anyways, maybe there's a pastor's kid. I don't know how many of you guys did that. We were like, you, go read the Bible. Anyways. So my brother comes down and he's, he's not doing his chores. And he's, he's like, no, I can't do that. I have to read. And I looked at him. I'm like, Dude, you've got to get this done. And he goes, no, I have to make this a priority. I have to do this first. And I looked at him, and I was like, well, if that's so important, then wake up and do that first, but you have to go get your job done. And I, I think sometimes what we want to do when it comes to prayer is we want it to be a priority, but we don't put it in a... And we, and we realize that prayer is important, but we don't actually make time for it. Because it can be one of those things that we can kind of almost just slip in just about anywhere and everywhere, which isn't a bad thing. It's only a bad thing when that's all that we're doing. Becca and I, we can go out on dates, but we also get to spend time together when we're just together. We enjoy that. But there's, is, is there a difference between us just spending time running errands and just kind of getting some things done? or being at home at the same time? Is there a difference between that and her and I actually going out on an intentional date and spending time together doing things that we love? There's a difference. There's a difference. Prioritize. Prioritize. Even if it's just waking up five minutes early. But if you want to see prayer make a difference in your life, then prioritize prayer. If you feel like maybe you're like, you know, I pray and I just don't feel like it's, I, I don't know, I'm kind of at this, maybe a bit of a dead end, prioritize prayer. Prioritize that time with God. And when it comes to praying, when it comes to praying, um, one thing that really helped me 
is having a plan when it comes to prayer. Having a plan when it comes to prayer. Like, okay, because I get, I don't know if I said this already, but I get distracted easily. I get, it's like, oh, I should do this. And if I, I see things and, and it's like, oh my goodness, I, I could take care of that. And that would be fun to climb. And I wonder what things look like from the top of that tree. And you're just like, I, I get distracted <laughs> easily. So have a plan. And here is what I mean. Here's what I mean. Have a, have a way that you're going to pray. And here's, here's what it might look like. Number one is I like to start praying by just giving thanks. Because the Bible says in Psalms, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So if I'm going to pray, I'm going to start off by just being thankful. God, this is what I'm thankful for. God, I'm thankful for my family. God, I'm thankful for my church. God, I'm thankful for your provision. God, I'm thankful for health. God, I thank you for, and I just start with what I'm thankful for. And just start off being thankful. Just God, God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Next, um, I write things down. So I, I use my phone app, like, like my little notes app. I love that thing. I used to yellow pad, and now I do that. I absolutely love it. But I'll go to my notes, and I'll be like, okay, what are some things? And I've got a little folder in my notes that literally says to pray. And I, or I think it actually just says prayer. And I go in there, and I'm like, okay, so here we go. And I'm like, all right, what is it that I want to be praying for? And if somebody comes up to me in a grocery store or catches me at a gas station and is like, hey, can you pray for my aunt? She's going in for surgery. Or could you pray for this? We're about to switch a job. Or could you pray for this? We're about to do this. One, I'll either pray for them right then as I'm walking away, or I'll write it down. And so then it's like, okay, I'm going to haul this out, and I'm going to begin to pray for those things that I said that I would pray for. Just, just kind of being intentional. Just being intentional. Just kind of go through this thing like, okay, here we go. And then I jump on like, all right, I'm going to pray for my family. I'm going to pray for church. And I'm going to pray for government. How many think that the government needs some prayer? I'll raise everything that I can lift up. Like they need prayer. The Bible says pray for those that are in authority. Whether you like them or not, whether you love them or not, they need prayer. And I'm not just talking about, like, may their days be few and may another rise up to take their place. Like, 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 no. It's pray that they have wisdom. Pray for them. Pray that they're surrounded by people that will speak the truth of God's word in their lives and situations, that their eyes will be open. Pray. They need, we need some prayer for our government. There's not a single position that doesn't. Every single one of them. So I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray. I pray for local. I'll pray for national. I pray for the needs that I have. I'll pray for wisdom. But I got just a little plan that I write down, like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to pray. And then the next thing, and this, this, this is a part of prayer. This is a part of prayer, but ready? Here we go. Listen. Now, this one took me a while. This one, this, one, this one definitely took me off. Have you ever taken, you ever been around somebody that just, they start talking and they don't stop? Anybody know somebody that they just start and it's just like, you're like, sit back and relax. Here we go. So I was headed back to Bible school years ago 
and a friend was up here and needed a ride down as well. And I was like, great, her name was Kathy. I was like, yep, sounds good, let's go. And, and Kathy got in the car in Michigan, and we started going, and I noticed that Kathy was talking a lot. And I just was like, I wonder how long she can talk if I don't say a word. So before we even got out of Grand Rapids, she was talking, and I was like, I'm just going to see how long this goes. So I had a little Toyota Celica, and I didn't need to get gas until we got to the other side of St. Louis, Missouri. I got gas without talking. I got gas, the other side of St. Louis, about Louis, about five hours, and she still, I had not said two words. She was still talking. I got back in the car. We kept going. We made Tulsa, Oklahoma in about 12 hours, and she talked the whole time. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, oh, my goodness. If you don't think that that's true, ask Brian Cruzel. He might not remember um, Kathy, but he will remember Purple Helmet, and that girl could talk. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was her nickname because we go mountain biking, and she had this big old bright purple helmet. And she would, ju- she would just talk. Sometimes a conversation, let me just say this, a conversation has listening. A conversation has listening. Isaiah 53, verse 5 says, but he was wounded. Oh, I'm ahead of myself. Not quite. It's John 10, 27 that says this. My sheep listen. My sheep listen to my voice. Praying is not just you talking. Take some time. Take some time and listen. Now, this one took me a while. And I don't know why. Sometimes I'm just a little slow. But I've been hunting for as long as I can remember. But it took me a few years before I finally realized, man, I have a slew of instances where God speaks to me when I'm in my tree stand. And it took a while before it's like, well, duh, you finally are quiet and let God, and you, you listen. You're not just like, God, this is what I need, this is what I want, this is what's going on, can you fix this, heal this, lead me, guide me, amen, on to the next thing. Have some time that you just listen. There are times that, yes, absolutely, God will interrupt. But I wonder how many times God's been like, I'm trying. He sees what we're going through, and we pray, and God's like, I'll I'll give you that answer. But we cruise right by it because we won't stop. We're like Kathy on that 12-hour trip and just da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. We keep going, and we don't stop. It says, my sheep listen to my voice. So now when I pray, part of praying is listening. God, I want wisdom. And then just listen. I'm praying for one of the kids, and I'm like, okay, God, how do we handle, how can I help them? God, they're different than all of the rest. What can I do? How do I help them to use their gifts and talents, and and I don't know what to do? And then... I just listen. Just just take some time and listen. Part of praying is listening. Part of praying is listening. Prayer is meant to be fun. It can be. 
It really is. It's communing with God, but that's, that's conversation. It's back and forth. Take some time and listen. Um, listening in the car, I think, is good for me. I know it makes a huge difference if I'm doing nothing. Again, because I have so many instances of God speaking to me when I'm in my tree stand. And I was like, okay, I can listen even when I'm not hunting. Hunting's just getting up there, sitting. And typically how I would sit in my tree is I'd take a book with me and I'd read a page and then I would look around for a deer. And then I would read a page, look around for a deer. But it's a really slow look. Take me a few minutes to scan my area and make sure there's no deer in it. So my encouragement, what I took from that was, I'm going to take a few minutes after I pray and just be like, God, what is it that you're trying to say? Speak to me. Take some time and listen. And now specifically, I want to take some time and I want to talk about when we're praying and how we pray in our approach to God. And here's what I mean. As we pray, we need to know what it is we're praying for and the promises that we're standing on. The promises that we're standing on. Many people who struggle with prayer, I had uh, a gentleman years ago, and he's like, I don't, I don't really pray a lot. And, and I'm like, well, why, why not? And he's like, well, God's not a sugar daddy just waiting for me to ask him for something so he can give it to me. And he's like, that's what prayer is. And I'm like, mm, no, no, it's not. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. I'm like, no. See, God's word says, seek and you will find. God's word says, you have not because you ask not. I'm like, he's not a sugar daddy. He's a loving daddy who wants to take care of his kids. So much so that he's given us his word, and in his word, he said things. He said things like Isaiah 53, where it says, but he was wounded and crushed for our sins. He was beaten that we might have peace. He was whipped and we were healed. If I'm going to pray for healing, why do I pray for healing? I'm like, it's because Jesus says he was wounded and beaten so that I could be healed. If he did that and he paid the price, why wouldn't, I, why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I pray for healing? If the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover, why wouldn't I? I'm involved in that. God tells us to. God instructs us to. If that's what he wants us to do, why wouldn't I do that? It's like if somebody goes down to the dealership and they buy a car. And then they call you up and say, there's a car, it's at the dealership, I paid for it, it's ready, you just got to go get it. Just tell them your name. Actually, no, tell them my name. But you don't go to the dealership. Or you go to the dealership and you buy your own car and you never say, Samuel said to, that you got a car for me. It'd be a waste. Healing. He's, he literally said, I've paid for it. You use my name, you pray, you watch what's going to happen. You need to, but here's the deal. We need to know what God's promises are for whatever it is that we're praying for. God says healing, absolutely. Fear, and man, I need to get rid of some fear. Then we need to know what God's word has to say about fear. Second Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. Fear is probably the second most popular thing that somebody asks me, most frequent, that someone's like, hey, can you pray for me? I'm battling, and it, it, it's fear in their thoughts. Um, 
Our society is run on a large basis on fear today. We, if, if you're watching commercials and what they're trying to sell you, and this is safer, and if you don't, and you're going to die, it's, it's very, very fear-based. The very bottom line of, of so many things, it, it's fear like crazy. So then what does the Bible have to say about fear? Okay, let's know what that is. More about our thoughts, 2 Corinthians. We demolish arguments and every, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. If this verse says that I can take a thought captive, then guess what? I can take a thought captive because it says so. Now, here's, here's what that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean, here's an illustration I absolutely love that kind of, kind of make that a little bit clearer is, you might not be able to stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can sure stop it from making a nest in your hair. You might not be able to stop every thought that flies through your mind, but you can decide what you're going to dwell on. Because God's Word says you take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Well, what does that mean? That means I need to know what God's Word has to say. And I know I can do this because God's Word says that I can we need to know what God's word has to say. I think many of our prayer lives would change drastically if we knew what God's word had to say about our circumstances. That we would completely alter what it is we were praying. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We do not know what God has done, so we do not live the way we were meant to live. Because we just don't know. We're like, well, this is just part of it. I just sit here and I struggle. Well, so many times people are like, well, this disease and, and I'm just, well, God's teaching me through it. Yes, God can work all things for the good of those that love and serve him. But it also says, resist the devil and he will flee. If you're not resisting him, is he going to flee? No. Well, how do we resist him? We resist him the same way that, the Bible, that Jesus did in the Bible. But we won't know how to do any of that if we don't know what God's word is. Jesus was tempted. We see Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted. He fasted. And then after his fast, he was tempted. FYI, if you're fasting right now, look what happened to Jesus. It was after his fast that he was tempted. And if you're fasting and you're a part of this with us, let me just forewarn you and just get you a little bit on your guard that when you finish and after you fast, you're like, this was great and I drew closer to God and this was awesome. Realize if you're drawn closer to God and you're taking ground from the devil and you're growing, the devil doesn't like it. Jesus, when he was done fasting, Satan came and tempted him. But Jesus resisted the devil the same way that you and I do. Satan came to him and said, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus took out his magic wand and was like, twinkle, twinkle, little star. No, he didn't do any of that because everything that Jesus did, he did. Yes, he was God, but he was also man. He was 100% God, but he was 100% man. And what he did, he did as a man, he resisted the devil with the word of God. And he said, it is no, for it is written, men shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He used scripture. You and I resist the devil. We don't get to actually fight him. He doesn't show up and you're like, black eye. Like it doesn't work. We resist the devil when we pray 
and when we stand on God's word, but we need to know what God's word is. We need to stand on it. Know what God's word is. And realize that we're going to fight things over and over. Joshua 1.8, just talking about how important it is to simply just know what this is and how quickly it will change our prayer life. says this, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything in it and then you will be prosperous and successful. This is what prayer is meant to be. But we need to know what God's word is so that we know how to pray. And so that when the devil comes and says, hey, you, have, you, just, you just asked for God to give you favor, you don't deserve favor. You don't deserve it. Why, why do you deserve it more than anybody else? And we sit there and think, well, you're right. You know, other people are working really hard too. And you're like, no, the Bible says I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed going out. And I am blessed to be a blessing. So you know what? Yes, I do expect favor. Absolutely. So that I can be a blessing to others even more than I... Yeah, absolutely. No, no, we need to know what God's word has to say. Or those thoughts come in and we don't have anything to fight them with. But if we know what God's word has to say, we're like, no, 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 no. Well, God's not going to heal you. He doesn't do that anymore. No, God's word, you know, he doesn't have to heal me. He already did. And in Jesus' name, I am. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Cancer, sickness, disease, broken, doesn't matter what it is. Blood diseases or not, genetic or not, no. All of it. And we fight those because we know what God's word has to say about it. I think the last one I'm going to have time for is this one. When it comes to prayer, and you're praying, don't get focused on the answer. Years ago, I saw this, this really funny video. This, this bank robber goes in to rob a bank, and it's, it's, a, it's a fuzzy fuzzy security cam video, but this guy, he walks into the bank, and he goes up to the teller, and you can, you can see this, and he goes up to the teller, and the teller does something, and this wall shoots up over the counter. It was apparently inside the counter, and it shoots up and separates him from the t- all of the bank tellers, and the, this robber freaks out, so he runs over to the door and tries to get out. And he slams into the door and he can't. And he comes back in and it's this glass door. And he's kicking this thing and falling down and he's freaking out. And he's like, oh my goodness, I'm locked in here. I just tried to rob the bank and it's not working. And you see him just running back and forth. And then he's running into the door. He's slamming into the door as hard as he can. And you watch this glass door like bend, but then come back. And you're like, is it going to break? Nope. And he sits in there and he's just freaking out. And he stands there and then all of a sudden... You can see, because like I said, it's a glass door. You see this little old lady come around, doesn't know what's going on, and she comes to the door that he's been trying to get out, and she pushes from the outside, and the door just opens, and she walks in. He was trying to push. All he had to do was pull. He thought he was locked in. All he had to do was pull. He could walk out any time, but he was focused on one specific thing, which is the door won't let me out. And I think very often we get an idea of how God should answer our prayer, and we hold on to that one idea. We're like, well, this is how God should do it. This is what it is that God should do. This is how he should do it. Jesus in the Bible 
we see that he was walking by and he went by a fruit tree. And he went up to it to eat and there was no fruit on it. So he said to the tree, he cursed the tree and then he walked away. The disciples were with him. They watched this all happen. But Mark eleven twenty one says this, that as they were leaving the city, that Peter remembered what Jesus said, saw the tree, and he says this, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. He was shocked. I think he was shocked because when Jesus cursed that tree, guess what? Nothing happened. Nothing happened right away. And what they were used to seeing is Jesus say things and it would happen. Wind would die down and storms disappeared. Limbs grew back. People who couldn't walk stood up and ran. But he cursed this tree and nothing happened that they could see. Peter was shocked. Jesus is like, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, say to this mountain, move, be cast into the sea, and it will. They didn't see it happening. Well, I can almost guarantee I know exactly what was happening is that tree was, was dying the way the trees do, that it started in the root and went right up. I can't find that in Scripture, but we can see the result of it. And some translations actually say that it had rotted in the root and mention the roots specifically. I think often we get stuck on an answer where we pray for something and then we kind of peek to see if it happened and we're like, nope, didn't work. You don't know what God is doing in you, through you, or how God is going to answer that prayer. Don't get stuck on your answer. Don't get stuck on this is the way that it needs to come in. God does so many amazing things. Years ago, Becca and I were, <clears throat> we weren't feeling good. Like to the point where I'd wake up in the morning and you know, like you got some phlegm and so you're like, <clears throat> and you make, make me go like spit it out. Well, I went into the, to the bathroom and I spit in the sink and it was blood. And I'm like, well, that's weird. <laughs> that's not normal. So I prayed. And I'm like, we're healed. We hadn't been, been married all that long yet. And uh, next night, woke up, same thing, my throat. And I'm like, we're already healed. Why isn't this working? It wasn't long after that that I woke up. And I woke up with a strange thought for me. Never had this thought before. Never had it since. But I woke up and was like, I need to clean the humidifier we have in our room. The house was a little dry, so we had a humidifier over there. So I walked over to this humidifier right away in the morning. And I just picked it up. And I took this little cone thing off. It kind of came apart to clean. And when I take it off, this humidifier is just full of black mold, just, just covered in black mold. And I'm like, I know exactly how to clean that. I unplugged it, took it out to the trash, and threw it away. And that, that, that blood, nasty phlegm, it was done. The 
way I thought God was going to answer that was the next morning I was going to be healed. The way God answered my prayer was giving me the wisdom to solve the problem that needed to be solved. Don't get stuck. On your, does God answer prayer? Yes. Does God heal? Yes. Are there times that he doesn't heal? Yes. Do I know why? No. But don't let go of what you know because of what you don't understand. The prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective, and that's you. Engage in prayer. Listen. Have a plan. Get a place if you can. Does it have to be special? No. But spend some time seeking after God in prayer and listening and watch how he speaks to you and begins to use you in ways that he hasn't before. God has a plan and a purpose for your life and it's not just, it's not just to live out some days and go to heaven. He wants to use you to make a difference right now, to be a blessing to those that are around you, to speak life and hope and healing. And he cares for you. He cares about you and he wants to spend time with you, all of it. He loves you. Would you please bow your heads and would you close your eyes? Before we dismiss, I want to just make sure that everyone in here, online, wherever you are, that you know where you stand with God. The most important prayer that any of us could ever pray is God, forgive me. God, I need you. Will you be the Lord of my life? See, we don't have to wonder about if we're right with God because Jesus made the way. It's not up to us. If you're here today and you don't know, I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. By lifting it, you're saying, telling me and God, say, God, I need to be forgiven. I want to be set free. And I'll lead you in a prayer. When we say amen, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand and begin to walk out the plan and purpose that God has for you. If that's you, just lift your hand right now. One, two, three, all the way up. Say, that's me. And today's the day that I want to give my life and my heart to him. I want to be forgiven and set free. Thank you. All right, we see those hands. Everybody in this room, online, wherever you are, would you... Let's just pray this prayer with those that lifted their hands. Everybody repeat after me, those that lifted your hands. As you say these words, make them your own. Let's all pray together. Say, oh God, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. I believe that Jesus came lived and died a perfect life but that his blood was shed for me and from now on God I'm going to live for you in Jesus name Amen Thanks for listening Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you for additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.